Welcome to We Have Spoken, Season 2, Episode 5. This is the podcast discussing our favorite Star Wars show, The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. Um, I am Dennis. I will be your Force-sensitive Togruta for today. And we'll be discussing <laughs> Chapter 13, The Jedi, uh, which aired on November 27th, uh, 2020. So with me, as always... I have uh, my prequel apologist, Ricky. Hello. Welcome, Ricky. Um, I just want to point out one thing uh, before we move forward with this episode. Uh, Ricky, and uh, an apology to Frank, uh, we totally failed to mention T-shirt and jeans guy last week. Um, and, <laughs> He's out, and, though. And, He's already and gone. Then, is he removed? Yeah, they removed him, I guess, I as think- of yesterday. I figured they were going to remove him. I knew it. But um, I feel bad for Frank because he actually did let us know before we recorded the show last week. He showed us the pictures and everything. And then we just were all having so much fun. We just never remembered to talk about it. Um, So apologies. It's not that big of a deal. It's gone. You know, shows mess up. It happens. Let's move on with our guest, who is also our wonderful producer normally. my wife, uh, my best friend, and my fellow nerd. It's producer Lindsay here with us. Um, welcome. Hi. So nice to be on this side of the camera. <laughs> I am. Um, yes. Uh, I just want to point out, like, um, I when we first when we first asked Lindsay, she was really insistent on me trying to get somebody else because she. She didn't think she knows that much about Star Wars. And I just want to remind this woman just watched like half of the end of, of Clone Wars, of the of seventh season of Clone Wars, and watched uh, four episodes of Clone Wars in season five, and watched, uh, I think, five or six episodes of Rebels all in the last day to prepare for this. But those are when I say watched, I mean rewatched, because she's already seen them, which is more than Ricky's ever done. I so, saw the movie in theaters. Yes, yeah, so did we. <laughs> we did. Yeah, too. I mean, I mean, we're all nerds, right? Like, regardless of, I of how happens. we enjoy yeah. things, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just not really the Ready Player One style of nerd, where I can recite off people's names and dates and things like that. But that's fine. Yeah. I still like Star Wars. Yeah. Still enjoy the show. So happy to be here, guys. It's fine. You're going to have fun. We're all going to have fun. And we're going to talk about this episode. And Mm -hmm. I almost spoiled it. I wanted to say the thing we were going to talk about. Oh, no, start it. Yeah. But I just remembered uh, we like to give one brief warning before we go into spoilers. So let's really quick, just without spoiling, say what you thought about this episode. Like, did you... You know, did it make you feel anything? Did you like something? And then we'll get into the spoilers and, and tell everybody, go away. For the limited amount of time I spent watching the Clone Wars and Rebels and the other shows, this episode felt like one of those shows in terms of the action, the amount of story that came with it. It was a very nice little package of expanded Star Wars EU, I guess, or EU, right? I mean, yeah. sure. Yeah. I guess it's the it's not really the expanded universe. It mm-hmm. is the universe. 
but it's the stuff that people don't necessarily see because they watch the movies only. Mm-hmm. What What about yeah. you, Lindsay? What did you think of this? No, one? I, to- I totally agree with what Ricky was saying. I felt like Dave Filoni definitely had the magical 10 gallon hat on for this one. <laughs> like it felt, yeah. it definitely felt a lot like the animated shows. I can't talk a lot about it without spoiling. Um, I did, I did enjoy it though. So I will say as a, as someone who is consistently on this show weekly saying, guys, go watch Clone Wars, go watch Rebels, you know, like these, these shows matter to the story. Um, I felt incredibly validated by this episode and I felt incredibly rewarded by this episode because like everything that I'd put up with, like, I mean, they're not all great. This, the, you know, every episode of it, it's a cartoon. It's still meant for a younger audience and stuff. <laughs> most of the time, there's some rough episodes, but like on the whole, Dave Filoni has been in charge of all of them. And he's now co-running this, this show, the Mandalorian with John Favreau. And so it's, it makes total sense that, he would continue his stories from his previous stories into this. And that's what he did. And for me, I just had a giant nerdgasm through the whole episode because <laughs> um, I just got to see things that I didn't think I'd ever see in live action form. You know? So no, he was very like, I think very wise in what he chose to pull for this episode. I mean, in general with the series so far, it's a nice way to kind of get you into that world you know, without getting into some of the crazy that that happens in the shows as well. And I hope that for everybody who watched this episode and doesn't know what the heck was going on, that now they'll go back and watch the other shows, you know, because like that's Disney's whole process is like make all of Star Wars enjoyable somehow. You know, like if it if you need more stuff to enhance it, do that and then go back and rewatch and now it's better. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you can definitely still understand it, even if you haven't Mm -hmm. watched those animated series. And it is like a very uh, emotional episode in a lot of ways and atmospheric. And it does focus on relationships between characters. So I think it's enjoyable regardless. I thought you said this was going to be hard without spoiling. You're pretty (laughs) good. You're pretty good at this. I mean, (laughs) Uh... all right. But that said, spoiler warning, anybody who hasn't watched the episode you're including my mom who for some reason uh you know i bless her heart is watching this show without watching the mandalorian um you're you're not going to understand what's happening from here on out but uh please go watch the show then come back and watch this because we're about to nerd out and talk about everything that happened so with that i'm going to give you my brief spoiler recap of what i got what i think this episode was and then you guys let me know what you think it was, you know? So um, I think this is the one where we meet a surviving Jedi and are reminded why it might be a bad idea to train Baby Yoda, a.k.a. Grogu, after all. What do you think? Did I miss anything? I mean, I- you missed a person that showed up. Um, yeah, but I mean, what? Yes, Ahsoka Tano showed up. But I mean, was that generally the the point of this episode was uh, we get to see Ahsoka Tano and then find out uh, this thing that we thought was a good idea the whole time might actually be a really bad idea because Ahsoka Tano reminded us why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the show, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm curious too, like how many people were surprised by Ahsoka Tano being there in that episode? Like, I know that we had kind of figured that out 
yeah, ahead we of all, time. But I, I was like on Twitter this morning too, and some people were mad because they saw screenshots of her and had no idea she was going to be there or what she looked like. So God, I was, makes, I was kind of shocked. That makes zero sense. They telegraphed yeah, it two, week, two weeks ago. I know. Two weeks ago. Like that's weird. Well, yeah. I mean, starting with that though, I think her transition to live action was really well done. I dug her looks. She, the orange was the right shade of orange. That sounds weird to say, but she looked, <laughs> nah. she looked accurate. It was, it was a really yeah. good representation. I know people she, are kind of pissed at her, what are the mandrels, the hair Mon- things. The, the montrals. Montrals are shorter, I think. But the, I think on the top Montra- or? The montrals the Montra- are, are the like, horns. They're kind of Clone Wars sized, I felt like. I'm, I, but not like rebel size, which were like longer. I don't know. I watched a bunch of episodes this last two days, and I yeah. didn't really notice. She looked pretty spot on. They were a little like, short, I, I guess, a little bit. Yeah. But I thought I, she looked great. I like yeah. her Doctor Strange kind of esque outfit. That's what it reminded me of her, like the blue layered thing she was wearing. Oh, I love yeah. like the white robe when mm-hmm. she puts that thing on, and she has like the moon coming behind her and everything. She looks amazing. <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, I think. We're already talking about the light side, dark side right oh. now. I just, I just wanted to give you guys a chance to see if there was more plot wise that that we missed. Really, I mean, we we you know it was a pretty it was a fairly simple plot. The whole point of it was to uh, remind us that Ahsoka Tano's there and that she's potentially still looking for General Thrawn and Ezra Bridger. Um, which they didn't is- explicitly say in the episode, but that's kind of implied. Uh, and so, yeah, I think uh, we all knew she was coming because we watched The Mandalorian. Uh, but for anybody who has not watched Clone Wars or Rebels, I kind of wanted to just just nerd out right now to get it out of the way <laughs> because I wanted to help provide some context for the rest of what we're going to talk about. And just let people know who Ahsoka Tano is, because um, I know I complain a lot about, I don't want no Jedis in my Star Wars stories because I get tired of Jedis. But um, I would say Ahsoka Tano is the exception to that rule. Um, And only because uh, technically she's not a Jedi, or technically she she left the Jedi Order. Um, So just my, let me, let me give a quick history lesson. Uh, Ahsoka Tano is actually the um, Padawan of Anakin Skywalker, a.k.a. Darth Vader, uh, that was given to him uh, as an apprentice during the Clone Wars. So in between episodes two and three of the movies, he receives a Padawan. And, you know, a lot of people are like, well, that's a bad idea because Anakin's kind of <laughs> rough, rough around the edges and stuff. But I think that's the whole point is it was to try and help Anakin work at work out his problems as well and uh in a lot of ways she mirrored him and she's very eager and and uh you know quick to make you know decisions and stuff and so the two were supposed to learn from each other and uh as as somebody who only used to recognize movies it was hard for me to adjust to this character initially because i'm like yeah but she's just gonna die right because she's not in the movies you know like um (laughs) yeah and, and so you just so you're just you're waiting. So every episode of Clone Wars, you're just waiting for her to die. Um, and like, I will be honest, for the first season or so, I kind of hated the character because she was just really annoying. And I just kept waiting for her to die. I kept 
She reminded me of the dog in I Am Legend. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> the second I saw that dog in the trailer, I was like, the whole point of that dog is to have it die so that you can cry. And that's not fair as an audience, you know, but they end up fooling me and they become, she becomes a really amazing character. She grows, she helps Anakin grow. She, he, he forms a bond to her. Maybe he shouldn't because, you know, he's not supposed to form attachments. Um, but through the process of the show, you find out that they have a better way of getting her off the show before the mo- the next movie. And it's that she is framed for a crime that she didn't commit. And when uh, the Jedi Council discovers this, they are ready to kick her out and she's going to get tried and executed and everything. And it's not until Anakin, uh, who's the only Jedi who still believed in his Padawan, uh, proves her innocence. Um, they welcome her back into the into their arms. They say, oh, we're sorry. Our bad. Our bad. You almost got executed because we didn't believe you. Um, and she, she, they're like, you want back in? And she says no. And she politely leaves the show, you know, and that's actually where she goes away for the rest of the show. And as a viewer, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Because technically, you know, on a technicality, Order 66 is to kill all Jedi, right? Mm -hmm. So now I can understand how this character can exist. Uh, But I can also understand why Anakin is more willing to betray the Jedi order because they sold out his, his apprentice, you know? So it adds a next, another layer of depth to Anakin and his story about just completely abandoning the Jedi to go be with Palpatine and stuff Um, because they did him wrong, you know, and they did her wrong too. So she's a fun character that goes away and then she's reappeared in star Wars later in like later stories and in the rebels and, um, the last we saw her, she was joining uh, a Mandalorian named Sabine Wren, who is close friends with Bo-Katan, and um, they were off to go find their friend Ezra Bridger, who is another Jedi out there, who uh, uh, saved saved his people by um, defeating General Thrawn and you know going into hyperspace somewhere else. So that's how it all ties into what where we see Ahsoka today in this episode. She is looking for General Thrawn, which means she's still trying to find her friend Ezra Bridger. Hopefully. I think you summed that up. I think I did that. Yeah, you forgot the space whales. I think space whales is like a really... We're not ready for live action space whales. I I think the space whales were... Something that you found a lot of entertainment in. A, oh, a, I did. I love this. I don't. Well. I don't think they were relevant to Ahsoka's story. So yes. yeah. I mean, just to quickly add about Ahsoka, and like, I think it was really interesting to hear your initial reaction to her um, because definitely mine was a little bit different. Um, seeing her the first time, like watching Clone Wars with you, uh, and I think because she's a female Jedi, and we really didn't get the opportunity to do like an in-depth exploration of a female Jedi really before this character. Like she was pretty meaningful to me, like just seeing her on screen and having her uh, be kind of an abrasive character 
a well-rounded character having flaws. Like it yeah. was really amazing to see that portrayed on screen. So I was kind of rooting for her the whole time. And then seeing her again, especially portrayed by Rosario Dawson, who is one of my like actresses that I really love to see because she does tend to have those nuanced portrayals of female characters was really, mm-hmm. really impactful for me personally. For sure. I mean, Ahsoka is kind of a good heel to the Jedi for the viewers on exposing, I guess, the flaws of that system, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't think she's the in. I don't think she's the heel. I think she's the face and and they're the heel. They're, they're the heel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's that's the whole point of her character. And that's why but, she's my she's my one exception after all this time in <laughs> Star Wars, uh, where I just I've grown to just be really annoyed by Jedi. Um, she gets a pass because she's the one Jedi that totally understood the hypocrisy of them. And totally had the strength of will to abandon their faith entirely and to just go out there and do good for the sake of being good, not for any other reason, you know? So she she's still obviously a fully trained Jedi. Um, she just doesn't she doesn't necessarily follow their rules, which is fine, you know, because um her path is her own path and it's 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 a noble path, you know? So I got no beef with her. Um, I will say to Lindsay, to your point, um, you just reminded me that I now need to make you watch the really, really short animated, uh, Clone Wars shows that came before the, the one that we watched. Oh, those are really good. Um, because those, those were, those were done by, uh, Gennady Tartofsky, I think is his name. The, the, you know, guy who did Dexter's lab and Samurai Jack Jack and, and, uh, Brutal. (gasps) Oh, um, amazing. He, he did he <laughs> did a series of stories called Clone Wars. They're really short, but mm. every story focused on a different Jedi that was in that. And there's plenty of uh That's where we, we, we got to learn all of the different ones. So are they short? They're like just short. They're really short. Stories, so right? yeah, so yeah. yeah. So you're not like so, yeah. following a full character arc. Correct. Yeah. So you're still right. Is this in Ahsoka's mm-hmm. the the only one that's ever gotten that much exposure? I mean, to be fair, Ahsoka's gotten more story at this point than Luke Skywalker. Um, yeah. Like she really has. Like so. Uh, yeah, but I appreciate what Ahsoka represents in that. In that, you know, because she's she's a a female powerful Jedi that's out there kicking ass and and uh, not listening to anybody that tells her otherwise. You know, like and she dual cool. wields lightsabers. So yeah, that makes and her, like, she extra dual wields. Cool. Yes. And white lightsabers, which look super awesome in this episode. (laughs) I I thought they looked like fluorescent tubes. I know, but like in a good way, though. Waving Uh, around. I just want like all the light on her face, like when she's waving it, and they did that whole like moment with her like putting the lightsaber like in her face, and you're just like, oh, they just did that because it looks cool. (laughs) It's kind of because they probably they probably were fluorescent tubes, like. You know the coolest thing about when I was I was watching Didn't them again. Didn't they do that is, in the movie actually? Yeah, like, I think they did. It, so I'm assuming the, they use kind of the same. It, from the prequels on, they've actually they've been real lightsabers in that like it's a tube of light uh, that they're using, and then they post process they they make it brighter. The original movies there was it was just a handle I believe, and they drew in all the mm-hmm. effects, and that's why like there's a big difference between the original movies and then later because the later ones are actually a source of light. So you can see the light on the characters and stuff. And what I really thought was cool in this episode is you can see her lightsaber reflect all over the Mandalorian. It's really cool. Cause he's got that Beskar and like, he's got the visor and stuff and 
you just see that tube of white just every time she was uses there it. was there a reason i i was doing some research and i found she has two different lightsabers aside, i mean there are two pairs one's like a katana type handle and the other one has like the ball yeah it's just her, her style she's got a short uh she's got a short and a long like like a ninja you know are two different it's um, like a it's, ba- a, wakazashi, it's like- a, a wakazashi and a, and a katana yeah. yeah. No, no, no. But they're like they're different. The I've I've seen some. One handle her... is, is a little curved at the end. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She made she made two different lightsabers. That's cool. Yeah. That's her thing. But yeah, she used to have um, green ones, I think, and then she had blue ones yeah, at some point. Um, I I know she had blue ones in the last season of Clone Wars, but in all the other seasons of Clone Wars, that she had green ones, and then Do you remember by, what Re- green by Rebels. By rebels, she had white. Lindsay, I didn't know they mean anything. It's just the, it's oh. just the, it's just the well, color that, of the crystal was, that they find. Well, I was, I was telling you like, uh, because I played a lot of Knights of the Old Republic, like the Xbox game, and they made a big deal about the colors and like the meaning of the colors. Yeah. Um, and I think they reintroduced that whole scheme with the Galaxy's Edge, oh, like the Disneyland. A, yeah, because they have that uh, lightsaber yeah. experience, mm-hmm. and so then they start talking about the colors a little bit more. Um, and I know, like, the white one, because I looked it up today, is supposed to mean she's taking, like, a middle path, so neither light side nor dark side. But I couldn't remember what green meant, like, off the top of my head. I think green and blue are generically the good guys, and red are always <laughs> are always the, the dark side wielders, you know? Because Luke has, like, I mean, a blue one, right? I'm trying to remember. He has a blue and no, a green one. he has blue one. and then green. Oh, yeah. well, okay. Technically, it's Obi- Obi-Wan's, right? Yeah, or I'm Anakin's. sure one of your no. like listeners he knows. He's get, his first lightsaber is Anakin's, and then I think and his then, second one's Lord yeah. Sli- uh, Obi Wan's, something like that. Yeah. Someone put the color key in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sure. Let's get people color key in the people, comments. Fired up, interacting. Get fired up. Yeah. Can we but, talk yeah. about Grogu? Uh, yes, let's please do. I was just about to change the subject <laughs> because as much as as much as I loved. Uh, ahsoka and i was super happy to get a third like a full episode of her um dude we got baby yoda's name and i i'm fine with it i like grogu i think it sounds very uh you know star warsy and it very it, it like ricky was trying real hard to spoil it for me the other day and i'm just like what just let it happen it's gonna play to be fair, on the show. It, is, it is a name that was spoiled for me so that, that, no, was an, no, that was an accurate. No, was it spoiled for you or did you actively seek out spoilers? You know, I like to go on the Star Wars leaks Reddit. You can't so. say it's, it was spoiled for you. You spoiled it for yourself. Yeah, that sounded pretty intentional, Ricky. <laughs> when, when I read that episode description, it sounded kind of, it was explained differently, so it sounded a little bit weird. Anything out of context is always going to suck. I'm pretty sure I sound like a wackadoo for that whole Ahsoka history lesson I just gave. But, <laughs> uh, but you know. But Grogu was cool. It was cool that, yeah. that we got to learn a bit more about Baby Yoda. You know, he really sold that name, too, because every time Mandalorian said it, that cute turn of the head just like i know just like oh my oh. god oh Whoever just like a puppy that puppet, like a yeah. little puppy putting its ears up so cute dude the puppeteering on this episode was on point man like mm-hmm. we got to see him climb into his chair like that was really impressive and then later when he's like walking out of the ship holding the little ball there was so many moments that were just like 
man, these puppeteers need awards for what they're doing on this show. It's really impressive. No, yeah. I was just, and from started... like, uh, like a script writing perspective too, I think that scene was really important. Um, and I've noticed that in the last couple episodes, they keep doing that. They like call back to something that has changed or that you've learned in a previous episode, like immediately before it's important. Like, for example, when he's climbing up in the chair, they want to show that relationship that he's built with yeah. uh, the Mando and that he obeys him. And then it yeah. becomes important later. And they did that with the uh, the Sand People episode, too, where they were showing him talking to the Sand mm-hmm. People. Mm-hmm. So I guess shout out to that script writing. Yeah. I thought it was pretty cool how they keep doing that in every episode just to kind of remind you and get you primed. Yeah, it was uh, it was just super yeah, his little emotions when they're going through kind of his little backstory. I guess Ahsoka's reading his mind, force or force communicating with them, and you, I, I guess she starts bringing up bad memories because you can just see his little face go down and his ears go down, and then the dark oh. memories. Yeah, like that was sad. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, because like we knew he was old, right? And I think last year I dated him to somewhere being around Anakin's age, mm-hmm. um, which still sounds about right, actually. Uh, but man, we learned he was happened? there. Yeah, he was what happened? Yeah, <laughs> he he just barely he barely dodged Anakin. You know, like somebody was nice enough to to take him and roll out and say like, "No, you, we're saving your you before this happens." You know, so. Um, but that reminds me, like that there was a lot of fun little like questions that got planted in this episode. You know, like. Do we ever get to meet the person that rescued Gro- Grogu? You know, mm-hmm. like, do we? I mean, who brought uh, him there? And he was training exactly. him, too, because he's had masters, yeah. like a he couple of them. He said masters have trained him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How um, young but, do they take kids to do Jedi stuff? Pretty young, pretty, right? Pretty young. Yeah, yeah. the young This is your Remember, chance to talk about the prequels. It's like, yeah. it, I just imagine a, <laughs> a about the baby nursery at the, at the Jedi Temple. <laughs> well, I mean... With Anakin, like, going in there, like, hi, kids. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we saw the younglings, right? Like, they they were little. They, yeah, were like, this is, they were, like, four years old. Like I mean, five, a four-year-old five, five or, or five-year-old. You had a know. life. You can't tell kids' ages, uh, really. A baby? <laughs> they were still well, babies mean, in there. But, I mean, we, we learn. He, they just age differently, right? He's still a baby. He's just a 50-year-old yes. baby. You know, like, so... I don't know. I don't know how different his mental capacity was then. I mean, All I know is he was making animal noises until last week, and now he's full on making baby noises all the time. So it's it is showing that growth. So at somewhere around that fifty year mark, he's starting to get more <laughs> more uh, cognitive capacity, and he's and he's able to retain and like listen to his his adopted father figure and stuff. And um, I'm just loving all of that. I think that's so cool. Um, I also think it's cool that like. Uh, Ahsoka, you know, was the perfect character to bring up that question that we hadn't been considering, which was if this kid has formed this attachment to Din, Jaren, uh, is it right to teach him in the ways of the Force? Because she knows better than anyone, right? Her mm-hmm. her master is freaking Darth Vader, um, which, you know... He had way too many attachments. He was too attached <laughs> to his mom. He was too attached to Padme. He was attached to Ahsoka and Obi-Wan, you know, like, um, and it got bad. And and it's hard to say if that's the only reason Anakin went bad. 
but you know, I could see why there would be apprehension to want to teach Grogu based mm -hmm. on history, you know? So I thought that was cool. Cause that's another story that we're going to be, you know, uh, diving into for the next season or two or three or maybe, I don't know, forever. Like we'll, we'll always be questioning now, should we be teaching Grogu the force? Is it worse not to teach him? You know what I mean? Like, like what's he going to do? Yeah, uh, definitely some callbacks to like the original trilogy questions too. Cause I think like Yoda yeah. kind of went through some of those same questions about Luke. Like mm -hmm. if you have this raw power, is it better to just let it fade? Yeah. Or is it better to teach you to control it? So it's definitely some interesting questions. And I, I yeah. really didn't expect them to flesh out Grogu's backstory in that way <laughs> this episode. So it was a really like nice surprise for yeah. me. And then the other question, you know, is you got to, you got to actually actively question everything uh, Ahsoka's saying in, with regards to that too, because she's, she's spouting bit, off, yeah. she's spouting off Jedi teachings, mm. right? Which she's actively rejected. So maybe it's wrong to dismiss teaching this kid because, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it's Yoda's approach to Anakin that is the reason Anakin ended up all way, messed yeah. up you know what i mean like so maybe he just needs tender love and and a dad there with him the whole time you know so i don't know i Ooh. really adore. I, I adore <laughs> I, I adored their 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 fetch session you know and how proud uh mando was when he pulled the ball towards him and you know like you can see the emotion in him even mm -hmm. with that stupid helmet on it's so amazing um yeah, I'll still, really I'll still, cool. I guess a little light side, dark side. I didn't really like how the end of that episode, Mando was kind of just content with. All right, there you go, take him. That well, he was not. There was a whole sequence mm. where he he was trying to work up saying goodbye to that kid, and you saw there was a passage of time that happened. Yeah, he, where he's the there. Baby was like in the hammock, and he, he was holding him, him on his lap. And time passed, and then he was and then he was bundling him up to get him to ready to go outside again. Like, and so much time had passed that Ahsoka finally just came to the the ship because he told her, "Wait here, I'll go get him." And he just couldn't do it, right? He couldn't do it that as quickly as he meant to. Yeah, there's I, I like would, a stiffness too to like the body language of the. I don't remember who plays the stuntman for I'm, the Mandalorian, yeah, but yeah, the whole yeah. body language too is just like very. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but like, uh, I stiff, would say, sadness. I would say, what Ricky was missing was a clock to show how many hours passed, uh, <laughs> like because it was not a quick one minute thing that where he went and did it, you know, like. The kid started going back to sleep and then he let him go back to sleep for a while. You know, like it, it's his duty you know, too, though. That's the yeah. thing. Like it's his duty to deliver yeah. the child to yeah. who can kind of teach him the best. He's um, having and there, he problems. has this whole thing with like the foundling syndrome, mm -hmm. I guess. And like how yeah. the Mandalorians uh, kind of taught him as well. So no, I think I, he yeah. feels I think he feels like he has to do this. It's like his fate. Yeah, but, I, saw yeah, him I definitely felt the emotion. I, I saw him as incredibly conflicted in that moment, you know, because like he was doing what he was supposed to do because he still believes that following the way is the right thing to do. But his heart was telling him that he, it was sad. It was, he was sad to, to give this kid up, you know, cause 
that's his freaking kid now, man. Like that, it just <laughs> is. So many themes, yeah. so many fatherhood themes and duty yeah. themes in this one. No, I love that moment. Yeah. Um, do you guys have any other light side, dark side stuff? Because uh, I think I kind of ate up all of mine. It was kind of a, a very quick to the point episode, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the there's the whole the the town of Kaladin is there, and you know, the magistrate um, is the bad guy, and 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 she has information and you know it was very straightforward i've seen that in a, a plenty of movies and stuff so i didn't i, I mean i don't want to be down any episode the final fight with the magistrate with in ahsoka eh I, I mean i i guess it was more to ahsoka's point to try to draw out that fight to get that information that she wanted from her but she could I totally really love murder I, that I love lady that fight. i love that fight because halfway through the fight like don't they stop to like talk or am I thinking of the fight with the Mando? The fight I, with the Mando. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. But the fight with the magistrate, they cut back and forth between that fight yeah. and, I like and, that and the Mando and the Mando fight. When, when you can hear him fighting, I thought that was really well done. Yeah. Like, and they're just, Mando's talking with, uh, did he, the guy have a name? John Carr, Carl Reese. His name was Lang, yeah. <laughs> Played by Michael Bean. Yeah. Oh. But uh, I really, I thought that was cool how he's like, even like, sounds like my side lost and you know like you could hear because you could hear the fight yeah. going on you know like by the way i just want to point out uh at one point uh the magistrate knocks ahsoka's lightsaber into the pond um i checked at the very end of the episode she has her second lightsaber so don't worry guys <laughs> she she fished it out of the the pond thank goodness she got it back. yeah <laughs> what did you think yeah. about the action in general ricky i dug it i mean this is some good like gunslinging Mando, like it was a solid Mandalorian or Mando episode doing Mando things. Like that again, that standoff uh, with Lang was just like classic. He's just like, give me a reason to kill you, and of course he yeah. does. He pulls he pulls a gun on him, and same thing when he whips back around to kill the what are the HK forty seven droid. Um, he was just on point. I like the Soka stuff. Though. I really like that opening with the Soka in the woods and the way she's chopping through trees and throwing the chunks using the force at people. Yeah. I liked how they, again, kind of cartoon violence. They show her slicing through that bell thingy. Mm, yeah, that was cool. And it's cutting the bell in half, and there's a dude in front of it. So that like, like kind of hurt me though, because that looked like this crazy artifact that she just. <laughs> <laughs> but man, when in that's in that moment when she's doing that, and then she's like force pushing dudes, and she's doing all these motions. Like I was like, Rosario Dawson is having so much fun right now. <laughs> like that is like a dream come true to just be a Jedi on screen, you know, doing all these crazy things, and then. Like you know, she was having a blast. Like it, it shows. Yeah, she like, hasn't. It, she hasn't gotten to do a ton of action as like night nurse, right? right? Not yet. Yeah. No. Like, <laughs> no, yeah, not so. ever. <laughs> no. Oh, I guess so. No, huh? no yeah. she got oh, those claws. She got. She got those claws on that Luke Cage show for like. A, yeah, but they're not bringing her back. You didn't really get to do show. anything. Yeah. No, she didn't. She didn't get to do anything. Ah, <laughs> uh, what might have um, been. Yeah, but she. Uh, I will say when I first watched the episode, because I watched it twice. Um, the first time around, there was a disconnect for me because I just watched so much animated Ahsoka Tano, and she is like one of the most nimble Jedi there there is. You know, like she's just bouncing all over the the, the place and everything. And and chronologically, this one is only five years older than the last time we've seen her. You know, like mm-hmm. in Rebels. So 
you know, it's hard to make the, the argument like, you know, because Darth Vader, uh, George Lucas always made the argument that, oh, Darth Vader fights slow because he's super old and machine now and Obi-Wan super old and stuff. You know? <laughs> and, and that's why yeah. we never saw them. Fight I mean, like she was moving but around. I'm not okay with it, though. Like we talked about this earlier, but yeah. like it's it's live action versus animation. So yeah, exactly. I have to take and, it a little bit with a grain of salt and like the yeah. atmospheric-ness of her overall fighting style was okay yeah. for me and i agree like on the second watch i had more fun with it because i, I just i let go of the fact that they, i'm comparing it to you know a very stylized animated thing that where they can just do whatever they want um but i will say they did cut they did get that atmosphere because i totally felt both times watching it that when she was picking off all the bad guys in that town that was straight up batman like <laughs> she was she was hiding in the shadows and just pulling them out one by one and like they just you know their fear their fear meters are rising and stuff like (laughs) they just had no chance against her like not one and then like uh din said you know a mandalorian and a jedi they'll never see that coming and like man that town just got wrecked like they just not a single chance and that's why i thought it was so funny when that security guy lang like when he actually could actively hear his mm-hmm. his his bread and butter losing on the other side of that wall, and he still tried to kill Mando. <laughs> that is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Right? Yes, Dude's covered in Beskar, so you have to I get know. like a what are you gonna shot. do? Yeah, that was stupid. Oh man, uh, I felt bad that Michael Bean went out like that because he went out like a bitch. It was pretty. <laughs> it was it was pretty dumb. Um. Yeah, but it yeah, so the main stuff going on in the story or in the in the episode was it was fun, it was a setting mood and stuff like mm-hmm. that, but but I think the real the real story was the Grogu, you know, developments with Dan and and you know, like also Dave Filoni slightly pushing forward his Ahsoka Tano story cuz you get mm-hmm. to see that she still wants to know where Thrawn is and stuff. So, you know, that's cool. I do I do wonder where her her friend Sabine Wren is because the two of them were going off to find Thrawn and Ezra together last we saw. And so next Ren, episode, yeah, next when episode. they go to the Jedi <laughs> Temple, we'll get exactly. Sabine too. It's going to be crazy. And space whales, just mm. randomly. They'll just descend. <laughs> I, I will, if they do space whales, uh, I'd, I'd be surprised. But I'd be I down for plushy. it. Space Let's, whale yeah. plushie, please. Dave Filoni. We'll get, we'll get space whales when Disney. Ezra gets his own show. Um, yeah. I have it also on my list of the foreshadowing spear, the Beskar spear that, that Mando gets at the end. How is it foreshadowing? What is it foreshadowing? I think, I mean, so they're showing Beskar. They show in this episode that Beskar can, uh, it's impervious to lightsaber damage, right? Yeah, which I told you in the first season. Yeah. I, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I was happy to see that because I was like, yay, validated again. Like, someone fighting with the spear with, lightsabers it's like okay mando's gonna use this to fight someone with a lightsaber probably or a dark saber or a dark saber mm-hmm. perhaps <laughs> i just yeah. it's kind of funny now it's another thing he has to carry on his back <laughs> yeah but we also saw him well he keeps carried on the ship i'm sure he'll store but, it or but we also saw him know. fully deflect that lightsaber with just his armor his know, gauntlets like his, yeah yeah that was super gauntlets. cool yeah i was pretty happy with that that kind of just makes uh, when Mace Windu killed Django Fett, like the dude knew he knew what he was doing. 
I mean, he cut his head off at the neck, right? Where there's no yeah. best card for sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I mean, that brings up, that brings up something uh, that I, I, you know, I was talking to you about earlier today, Ricky, and I just want to clarify. So we did, there was, you know, I, I mentioned there was a lot of seeds planted uh, and there is another seed that was planted when she said, go to the, the planet Tython and go to the ruins of the Jedi, of the temple, which obviously a Jedi temple, go to the seeing stone, which is, you know, very force sensitive and let go- Grogu uh, find his own path. And mm-hmm. possibly if another Jedi is listening, they'll come to train him. And I asked, you know, I started asking like, well, what Jedi are alive right now in this time period, you know? And so we started, you know, having our fan theories and stuff. Like, it's hard to say canon versus non-canon. You know, definitively, we know Luke Skywalker's alive. We know Kylo Ren is like a four-year-old kid, like named Ben right now. Yeah. Uh, we we know Leia has been trained in the ways. Um, but other than that, canonically, There's a lot many... of, like, people that are there, but you don't know if they're... They're yeah. still alive or whatever. We, we we're I'm gonna assume Ezra is alive rather than dead, just be, you know, because we now know that Thrawn is alive. And, you know, the last time I assumed somebody was dead was Bo Katan, and then I was proved wrong uh, <laughs> happily. So I'm gonna assume Ezra's alive. He's probably in his twenties or, or early you know, late teens, whatever. But there's not really other people, and then you threw out a name that I think is a pretty good one, which is you were telling me it's going to be Mace Windu. I think, I mean, the timeline kind of fits in terms of um, Sam Jackson's age. And I mean, you don't really see Mace Windu die. It's true. He gets thrown off a building. And uh, we've seen a lot of that in Star Wars. (laughs) I think a lot of fans would like that. And I think a lot of fans would like that closure to that character because Mm -hmm. That was a cheap ass death for sure. I mean, they could like rework it where he's the one that gets Grogu. He's already on Coruscant, you know. What but, What do you think, Lindsay? Would you want to see Mace Windu come back to train Grogu? Ah, uh, I mean, you're you're making me think this is just an opportunity for them to do tons of tons of cameos, <laughs> like show show everybody's like favorite Jedi. Yeah, <laughs> training I don't him over time, which isn't like a bad thing. It, I'd be interested yeah. to see what they do with it, I guess. I, I think the only reason I think that the Mace cameo would be more than a cameo is that um, from the prequels, which I don't really love to acknowledge too often, but I do love to acknowledge the Clone Wars show, mm-hmm. uh, Mace and Yoda were tight, man. They were yeah. constantly shown together. Like, I those mean, it, two were hanging out in, like, hookah lounges together and stuff. Like, they, it was just the two of them sometimes in their own little private quarters and so I think it kind of would be cool if it was Mace only because he knows Yoda better than anybody, you know? This this whole season kind of feels like a lot of backdoor pilots. I mean, we know, <laughs> we know the Obi-Wan show's True. coming. Yeah. There's a rumored Boba Fett show coming. There's the other rumored Cara Dune and Bo-Katan show. So, like, yeah, maybe I could see them, like, picking up this thread in the Obi-Wan show, like, Mace Windu talks to Obi-Wan for whatever reason. You know, it's like they're yeah. kind of doing the Marvel thing of planting these seeds for other stories yeah. in this one arc. And they, and they could be planting seeds that never get, uh, never grow into anything too. Just just to have us have these podcasts where we speculate on all kinds of fun things. <laughs> and that's fun too, you know, like I don't, I could, I could be fine never seeing another Jedi on this show again. 
and I would still enjoy the show a hundred percent. Um, but, but if you did get Sam Jackson to do it one more time and bust out the purple lightsabers, I don't think I would say no to that. I think that would be pretty funny, you know? Um, you know, maybe start having him say an MF bomb and then get interrupted <laughs> by something else. And like, who knows? Um, do you have any ideas what, what you think they should do with that, uh, Lindsay? Uh, no, I mean, I'm just happy to see like where they take it. Um, yeah. I'm not huge into like speculating on the lore, so. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, I think, uh, do you, unless you guys have anything else that was a big high or low point, um, that we might want to get into the midichlorians of this episode, um, which is, you know, when we talk about the small stuff that just doesn't matter to most people, but for some reason <laughs> uh, it matters to us. Um, and I just wanted to see what you guys had to talk about that was little nerdy things that you thought was cool, unless you had something very, you know, big that you still wanted to talk about. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we actually covered most of like my little nerdy things. But um, one topic that I did want to bring up is just like the overall aesthetic design of this episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and sure. how how they were definitely borrowing um, from a lot of East Asian and like Japanese influences, mm -hmm. and then also yeah. personally for me, um, I got like echoes of the Dark Crystal with like the Land Striders <laughs> in the beginning. Um, I definitely got some echoes of like the Fire Nation and Avatar and the Earth Nation and just the design of that set, uh, yeah. and even like the little like the costume design, like the little um, mm -hmm. emblems on the cloak to like signify the magistrate. Um, mm. So I guess kind of the open conversation that I wanted to have with the two of you is what do you think about those types of references? Because I know that it's kind of the history of Star Wars that they borrow pretty heavily from like Western and like feudal Japanese types of movies. Yeah. And like, when is it borrowing or paying tribute? And when is it kind of like stealing? Like, what are your, what are your thoughts about that? <sighs> They didn't paint any faces. <laughs> so, no. Um, wow. I, that's a low bar, no, bro. No, <laughs> no that's terrible. That's, terrible the, that's the appropriation bar. Is the <laughs> oh, my God, Ricky. I they had, I no, they had, they had some good... I think they they were very cautious of not to cross that line by going into... Um, I'm trying to see if I not stumble over words here. It was all visual, a lot of visual, but it was still ambiguous enough, you know, kind of like how the Disney did the Aladdin live action Aladdin, you know, Agrabah is not a real place, but it's obviously pulled from different uh, countries and cultures. So I think it was kind of that mixing and melding that Star Wars kind of lives in where it's you kind of know what it is, but it's still up in the ether on the specifics. I think I have an answer to this question, and I, right. I hope you, I hope you like this answer. Uh, so yes, uh, we know that uh, stealing or borrowing or or paying homage uh, is probably uh, what George Lucas was, would prefer to call it. Uh, that's all in the <laughs> DNA of Star Wars, right? Like uh, it's it's actively you know um, been stated multiple times that uh, the original Star Wars movie is uh, heavily inspired by uh, Akira Kurosawa's The Hidden Fortress, along with a little bit of Flash Gordon and some other stuff in there too. Um, if you've ever gone to see, uh, or if you've ever watched Hidden Fortress, I did. I actually studied a 
Kurosawa films um, in college. And uh, yeah, man, that movie is 100% Star Wars without the Death Star <laughs> run. It's pretty weird. Um, but, uh, you know, you see it. And, and, you know, obviously Lucas did a lot of different things with it. Um, but yeah, it's still, he still stole. I think he stole. But here's the difference. Um, if John Favreau and, and Dave Filoni are acknowledging that that is the DNA and that and it, it is important to to maintain that, um, but be respectful, then I think the difference here is that unlike George Lucas, who stole from uh, you know stories of feudal Japan and didn't bother to include any Asian representation in his stories at all, um, I think this episode did a very big. Uh, leap forward in actually casting a lot of Asian people, in, like in the in the not only in the background but as the magistrate, uh, Diana Lee Inosanto. Um, I'm not sure if you guys are aware who she is, but she's actually a really well-respected stunt woman in in the film and, and TV community, and uh, she's also the goddaughter of Bruce Lee. I mean, um, I don't think it's it's. Uh... Mandalorian is probably has given us the first, uh, like one of the first like female officers on screen in in Star Wars. I mean, they're doing a lot for they're, they're for doing they do a lot of inclusion and stuff. Yeah, mm -hmm. but I think fleshing out. Yeah, yeah, I think having you know uh, that guy that, that becomes the governor. I looked him up, and he's really not been in anything else before. But the the guy that you know is trying to tell Mando, "Don't talk to me or my kids," you know. Mm -hmm. I don't want to die and stuff. And then later at the end of the episode, he becomes the governor, you know, like he's got a whole Asian family and there's, there's, there's a lot of people there that are, I'm not going to say, I don't want to say they're there as tokens. I think they're there to justify uh, thematically, like what, what they're trying to go for, for with mm -hmm. that, the aesthetic of that whole environment. And I would rather uh, it look like, it's inspired by Asian culture and actually have Asians there represented within the town, then totally bite off that and not have a single Asian person there. So I don't know. Does that like, help answer your question? Lindsay? Yeah. Yeah. No, I just, I, I think it's an interesting conversation to have, like personally not being of East Asian descent myself. I, I don't really feel like I can speak to that community about what's appropriate or not. Um, but Definitely, I, I think there are good things and bad things. Um, like, I, I like the fact that they are pulling in, like, different aesthetic cues mm -hmm. that are kind of also kind of already filtered a little bit through shows like Avatar. <laughs> yeah. I do, I do. you know, th there's something to be said for the fact that this is just, like, a one-off, like, planetary thing, and it's just, like, that the aesthetic of that mm -hmm. planet. It's um, I wish there's a little right? bit. <laughs> yeah, I wish there was a little bit more space to like explore that and like where those references are coming from or like yes. what the meaning of them is. And there's always room to do better, right? So I think they're not quite there, but I do mm -hmm. appreciate the ability to like pull in some of those visual references to some extent. Um, yeah. And then actually like to, if you look at the concept art at the end of the credit sequence, like I'm actually always really into those, those credit art uh, concepts at the end. Cause I like to kind of see where the production was going and like what they changed. And I thought the one of Ahsoka Tano um, with a Asian actress 
like to me it clearly looked like an asian actress was cast and her wearing like kind of a samurai style pant she was definitely was wearing samurai yeah. pants for yeah. sure yeah were, so i they, kind of i just wonder about like that process of at what point did they pull that back or change that or like what was the plan but yeah, yeah it's always interesting to see like where they're thinking they also, of going they also had like the, the the paper windows i forget what the what the yeah called. yeah it looked the um, fight was very different in that that production in the concept art yeah but, yeah but um you know maybe maybe them toning it down a little bit was was their way of saying whoa we might be culturally appropriating too much here you know from concept to to the actual thing that we saw um but yeah it's a good question and it's always something worth worth considering but I think um, considering, you know, how underrepresented the Asian population is in general in, in TV and film and TV, um, it was nice to see that, you know, this episode was doing taking more steps and not just this episode, this whole season. Right. Because mm-hmm. like Mr. Mr. Kim, Kim is like yeah. a, reco- a recurring character now on this show and he's awesome. And people have like he's got a lot of fans behind him and like. You know, I'm not sure if he actually does have a figure yet. I'll have to check that out. But I know people want him to act, have an action figure. And, <laughs> and uh, I want him to have an action figure, you know, like, um, so I just, yeah, it's it's a good question. Uh, yeah, and more diverse. Really- I think they're adding more diverse um, voices behind the scenes as well, from what I understand, yeah. like who's directing, like, isn't Taika directing, like, and he's not an episode. He's getting a movie. Oh, he's getting a movie. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. He's getting a full My Star Dad. Wars movie. And then, yes. well, who's who's? What's her name directing Obi Wan? Um, I forgot. He's show running that that miniseries. From okay. oh, I feel bad. I forgot the name. <laughs> Shame on you. It's okay. Uh, Dennis will post prod it. <laughs> I'm giving him like post prod tasks. Maybe I will. Um. All right. Well, now that. We've definitely talked about that that really uh, important issue. Let's talk about the stuff that totally does not matter. Um, <laughs> God. Uh, Straight from appropriation to midichlorians. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. If you know a better way to segue that, let me know. Oh, you're doing great. You're doing great. Let's but, go. Uh, Let's do it. I just wanted to point out, I know this has no real bearing on the episode at all. And I know we mentioned it earlier, but um, freaking Michael Bean is in this episode. And you just like, I thought my, I thought the thing I was going to be most excited about for this episode was seeing live action Ahsoka Tano. And then I got totally thrown off and I was like, is that Michael Bean? (laughs) And like, you don't he just understand. Played a cool guy, you know. That's his kind of everlasting, lifelong role. Michael Bean is like to to when Mando is sizing up the the threat that they have to go take on, and he says, and then they've got one gunslinger, a hired gunslinger. I think he's he reads as ex military. That line is so funny because that is the career of Michael Bean in film. He constantly gets cast as military. Like he is Kyle Reese in the Terminator movie. He is uh, the the main military uh, commander in Aliens. He's the military guy in the Abyss. He's the guy leading the military uh, team in the Rock that gets <laughs> that gets murdered in the in the in the showers. You know, like 
that's his whole job. He's like everything he ever does is military. On it. So it was just really funny for Mando to like give that little nod and say, I, I dug his little he reads his his military. It looked yeah. very uh, like what General or Obi Wan General Kenobi when he's fighting in the Clone Wars. It looked like his kind of half shell thing he wore. Um, I always dug that look. So it's, even though it yeah. wasn't the right color, it, it looked very similar. I see that. I can see what. It, yeah, it's very. It's a nod to the old show, the, the armors we've seen in the show. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I I will point out, like as as mentioning uh, Diana Lee and Asanto, I thought. Her character, the magistrate, it was really cool. They gave her like a really quick backstory and talked about how like she lost her family in the Clone Wars. And then like she used that rage to build the Imperial Navy and stuff. You know, like she's 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 like, OK, we just we just decided she's the one who made all the crazy Star Destroyer <laughs> for them. And um, and and they were mentioning how she plunders worlds. And I thought that was a really key point because they never really talk about it. but like. Uh, they mentioned twice that the they go to the city of Caledon on the forest planet of Corvus. But when you see where Ahsoka is hanging out, that does not look like a good forest at all, right? <laughs> it looks kind of boggy. By definition, well, there's trees. It looks like well, it looks like she's ra- like I, I, the assumption is she's ravaged the forests, mm-hmm. right? For whatever you know purposes they have. And so Ahsoka's hanging out in what's left of the forest. You know, that's what I got out of it. I thought that was oh, cool. interesting. I actually didn't think about that, but that totally makes sense. Yeah. That, yeah and it, I mean, it was like very atmospheric, like yeah. the whole set design of the forest yeah. and the lighting. And it, so it was cool. And looking. I don't know if you caught it. I don't know if you caught it, Ricky, but you asked the question a couple of weeks ago about like uh, animals <laughs> in Star Wars. You caught the owl. All right. You caught the yeah. owl. Oh, yeah. I, the I did owl. some research on what the owl. Mm-hmm. Means, the owl right? is important because the owl yeah. shows up in most stories with Ahsoka Tano because mm-hmm. the owl is watching over her always. It's um, that daughter. So, yes. I like the big oh, daughter. space cow thingies, whatever those things were. <laughs> the things from Dark Crystal. I was, they're from Apex Legends. Oh, the Legends. Land Strider things? Oh, a- <laughs> yeah. Remember Apex uh, Legends? I don't know those ones. The first Apex map, there's a giant one of those on the map. Mm. Gotcha. Um, Dark Crystal was first. That was in the eighties. All right. Yeah, yeah. She's right. She wins. Winner. Uh, uh, the HK forty seven droids had the seventh fleet logo on them. Have you caught that? What? Well, I didn't catch that. I don't. I didn't were, catch that. What's the reference? What's the reference? That's Thrawn's fleet. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Gotcha. A little foreshadowing there. I didn't catch yeah. it in the first run, but I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest. I didn't read Expanded Universe, so I only know Thrawn from uh, Rebels. Um, but I know I, that, know I know that he was a famous character outside of Rebels. There's new books. Timothy Zahn, right? Think so. Rewrote more books that are in canon. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But all I know about Thrawn is he's super blue. <laughs> yeah, he's one of the he few non-humans. Blue. He's one of the few non-humans that's uh, that was accepted into the Empire, and he's ruthless. He's quite ruthless. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a very guess, calm yeah. way of speaking. He's like Spock, kind of right, kind of creepy. <laughs> but he does speak. But he does speak with a British accent. I just want to point that out. Oh. Oh. Ah, just like Maul. Why do you guys hate <laughs> British accents so much? Yeah, New Filoni. I guess it kind of makes sense. For to, you knows? could argue. It's 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 just <laughs> canonical, right? It was it was in Star Wars, so it's got to be that way, kind of. 
Um, I will point out something and totally, again, totally pointless. Doesn't have any bearing on the show. But what the hell is up with the Mando not locking up his ship every time he leaves it? Like, oh, that was hilarious. You know? He just like leaves it wide open. Yeah. He for, would like, just anyone leave to, the like, door walk wide into. open. He was, he was in a good neighborhood. He was in a good neighborhood. It's like a bog. <laughs> with, like, in the yeah, of like the, with all these trees like dripping down yeah. and all the like land strider creatures no. wandering I, by. I did not understand why he kept not like locking the door. It's it so Baby so Yoda weird. can get back in his hammock yeah, maybe whenever he like wants. Closes automatically. <laughs> oh, he has like the little key thing. Boop, boop. I yeah. honestly thought that like, Baby Yoda was going to be boop. gone at the end of this episode. Like while he's while they're really? doing no way. you're crazy because they no. No, they're tracking the the uh, ship. The Empire's tracking the ship already. From last episode, they put the tracker on the ship. Yeah, it's but not- they're gonna take. You, you've seen how everything goes in this show. It and takes we can like, have three episodes of Mando getting the baby back. No, oh, we're not going to eh. do that. We're going to do an episode that's with Bill Burr, and then we're going to do another episode that's with Bo-Katan and Ahsoka Tano coming to save Mando because now he's got some very powerful friends. and you know Some Darksaber action, yeah. too. Like a yeah. full episode just for the Darksaber. Yeah, and then Sabine will show up. Yep. And help and help Bo-Katan get her dark saber back, or and none of like that will happen. On everything, and just graffiti <laughs> owls everywhere. Yes. Or He's none just of that. Going more side quests. Yes, <laughs> or none of it will happen. Just more side quests, and I'll be fine. So with we need it some also. like paint cans or something. Frog lady needs Let's to go, go somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> oh, frog lady. Um, do you guys have any more midichlorians? Mm-mm. No. Covered no. it. No, it's, I mean. Uh, a lot happened and not a lot happened at the same time, right? Like, yeah, I think it definitely a knock on the episode, but I think it definitely moved the story forward uh, for for reals this time. In that, like, you know, Mando actually got to go do the thing he was supposed to do, uh, and we got to learn Baby Yoda's name, and then we got to get a new direction for where where he's got to take Baby Yoda, um, and also it pushed you know Ahsoka's story a little forward too. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time it really stretched it out. Like it took, yeah, it took I a dug lot the of time. Mm-hmm. It took a lot of time. I actually did really like the pacing. Stories. Like yeah, it felt yeah. a little, I guess, slower than maybe some would like, probably not enough action, but I, I always appreciate when stories take the time to like deep yeah. dive into the characters a little bit. So yeah. Anytime, anytime there's a lot of baby Yoda in the episode, there's going to be less story and more just like emotional connecting, emotionally and more connecting eating things. eggs. Yes. Yeah. More so, and, and so, small creatures. <laughs> so I was just really impressed with like you know the puppeteering of everything and and really watching this relationship between Ahsoka and Grogu and then Mando and Grogu and and you know like and I even like when Michael Bean's like what's that thing you know like I carry it around for good luck you know like it's <laughs> it was cute it was cute but I think uh, I think it's time to wrap this up then guys. Like, mm-hmm. um, what would you, on a scale of one to ten, uh, fully being aware that you know a year from now this could be your least favorite episode ever, <laughs> but right, but right now in the moment, uh, on a scale of one to ten, what would you give this, Lindsay? Go. Uh, I I tend to be a cranky butt on my scales of one to ten. Um, I give this around like a seven or eight. I did really like it, but you know, they, you could always 
do better, I guess. It gives room to grow. Uh, appreciated Ahsoka Tano showing up. Excited to see what they do next. I feel like all of my episodes are either seven or eights, but uh, I'll say an eight. I liked a lot in this episode. It pushed the story forward. We got some good action. We got some uh, probably one of the better lightsaber fights that we've seen on screen. Um, so I dug it. Eight out of ten for sure. Yeah, it's hard for me to not give it a high score because it 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 fulfilled a lot of promises that I've had for a long time, and it rewarded me for watching a whole lot of TV. Um, so it took I a year and a half, and I could give it an eight. I'm gonna give it a nine because Ooh. because the Beskar. <laughs> Uh, deflected lightsabers and be- because <laughs> the whole plus one is the because, best part deflecting because, lightsabers and because Michael Bean was in it oh that's true you were very excited yeah, about it I was if Sabine very, was in it it would have been a 10 if that's Sabine like was in that episode 10 oh, no it would have been an 11 with Sabine in there um, <laughs> she does no, crank like, things up to 11 for sure and, and I did get to just slightly get a tiny hint of a continuation of the rebel storyline um, you know, so like I got, I got a lot of juicy things in there and, and I was really, I was really happy watching that episode. Um, and so I didn't really mind that like the main plot of it was so, you know, derivative and so simple and like, it just, it didn't, it didn't bother me because like Grogu was so, we got his name, man. Yeah. We got his name, you know, like that's done. That's, that's in the that's a wrap on him. Like we, we now know his name. We never need to call him. I got to buy more toys. People are going to call him baby Yoda until the end of time. The child didn't really stick. (laughs) Grogu's not going to really stick. Oh, the memes are going to be so great this week. They're going to be awesome. People are going to be so cranky about his name. How many are going to be named Grogu? Yeah. Yeah. No, but I, I'm going to give it a nine. Uh, Cause I just, I really loved so much about it and it really made me feel like a kid. Or it made me feel like that big kid that was watching all the shows and pretending to feel like a kid when I was watching those. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, Ahsoka Tano, man. Like I don't, I don't need her to ever come back. But if she does, awesome. Um, oh no, she needs to come back. I don't need her to. That's what I'm mm, saying. Like no, she I, needs to come back. I know, I know. You would mm-hmm. like that, and that's fine. I'm not going to be mad. But I'm just saying, I am satisfied now. I am very satisfied. As long so. as they don't do like some weird girl power thing at the very end, where they have like all the ladies like shh, come Carry in and like, save the day. Yeah. Oh, no. she, they're gonna come. Frog she's lady. gonna come back, girl. and they're all gonna. They're gonna come and back. I would and... love, okay, if Frog Lady comes back, I will accept it. <laughs> it's then Frog it's Lady. Fine. Frog yep. Lady Cara Dune, um, the Deborah Chow's rebel pilot from that one episode from the prisoner. Uh, she and and Bryce gonna, Dallas Howard. And oh no, Bryce Dallas Howard. No, yeah, they're the all gonna show the up. Village. And they're all gonna go to the Star Lady Wars Mall. And they're mm, all just gonna go mm. shopping at the Star Wars oh, Mall. Oh god, why are they going to the mall? <laughs> they gotta buy the macaroons. Ugh. All right, let's yeah. move on now. No, they I'm gotta sad. buy the mac- macaroons. I'm kidding. And a female space whale at the mall. <laughs> they, that's what yes. they ride. <laughs> Oh, All right. Anyway, <laughs> with that, I want to thank everybody for uh, tuning in to watch us uh, be silly and 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 make offensive jokes about Star Wars occasionally. 
Um, please feel free if you liked it, you know, hit that like button. Uh, feel free to subscribe. Feel free to share this with anybody else that might be interested in watching us talk about this. And before we go, I just want to see if uh, Ricky or Lindsay have anything to plug. If they want to let people know where they can find you, um, go, Lindsay. Yeah, I'll plug my stuff. Um, I'm an artist and illustrator. You can find me at Soda on Instagram. I also have a website at ccowsoda.com. So come check me out. I do very brightly colored, crazy stuff. Um, and then I'm also a UX researcher who works with independent game developers. So if that sounds like you, feel free to find me and we can chat about your next project. Ricky? Oh, I got nothing. <laughs> Rick, Ricky the Nerd is where you can find me on Instagram. Look at pictures of uh, Send me and Ricky other the nerd. stuff I do. Send him like a ton of pictures of the frog lady, just in like compromising positions. Yeah. That's my request. Oh man, for our for your listeners, please Do just that. continuously. I want the frog lady only fans. Frog lady stuff. Send yes. me those. If, if you send he those, I will her. add them. I will her. add them to next week's video. Oh God. <laughs> I don't know if you want to promise that. I'm going to go on <laughs> DeviantArt and look up Frog Lady please, now. Please follow your social media's um, <laughs> yes. code of conduct when doing this. Thank you very much. Yes. And with that, uh, you can find me on Denex Media at YouTube, Instagram, uh, Facebook, lots of different places. I'm mostly playing with toys and talking about Star Wars, so check me out. Yeah, I think thank you to Ricky and Lindsay. Um Thank you. Thanks for having Lindsay. me. All right. <laughs> I think it's time for us to go. You guys know how to how to finish this one up. You have listened. And, and we, we have spoken. spoken. Are you good. supposed to like count that down or something? No, nah, I like doing it like that. It's just more fun that way. Like...